ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Scottish Clans Podcast. Thank you for joining me today. I am sorry, I apologize, that it has been so long. Up until this point, since I started this podcast, we're usually every putting out an episode every 7 to 10 days, and I have grossly transgressed that. I'm at about two weeks, one day over two weeks since I uploaded the last episode, it has been crazy. I'm not going to bore you with all of the details, but my life and the life of my family is about to undergo some major, major change. I'll keep you posted on that. I don't know if any of you care or not, but you know, sometimes it's nice to just be personal. Uh, some of you have made comments on Facebook and have shared things about yourself. I find it interesting, and so I'll I'll share more with you as the as the situation develops. But it, it, I have been upside down with all the things that I've been doing lately. Right now, as we speak, I am on the road, so I don't know actually how this recording is going to sound, if it's going to sound kind of tinny and and like I'm in an echo chamber. Hopefully it doesn't sound too bad, but I'm in a hotel room right now, and in the since Friday morning, so this, this is uh, Tuesday evening, Tuesday night, since Friday morning, I've been home once, and that was just as a pit stop. Now, I know some of you travel a ton, and... What I just described to you is nothing. And frankly, I've been gone longer than this. But it does put a damper on things when you're trying to put out podcasts and do some research. So anyway, I just said it had been a while and I just wanted to put another podcast out. There's for a couple reasons. The uh, I think the, the foremost reason is the same reason I started up this podcast. Through a variety of frustrations or, or things that I was looking for and not finding... I wanted to just be able to nerd out with you guys, some people who are interested in the same thing as me, and we want to dig into a little bit together. So there's some personal fulfillment there. And the second is for you. You know, um, when I have a podcast that I really like, and I I check it every once in a while, and oh, it looks like it's got the same title as it had a while ago. And anyway... It's it's just kind of a pain if you've got something good going to interrupt it. And so this is the longest I've ever gone with in between podcasts. So I just want to get up. It's not going to be a long one today. And I'm grateful that you joined me. And and I hope that you enjoy what I have today for you. So, look, I know that the last episode I promised, I don't know if I promised it, but I told you that I was interested in doing an episode on Kinmont Willie Armstrong and Bold Bakluch. Well, I found a good source on that. The good source is going to be The Steel Bonnets by George MacDonald Fraser. And I was able to, through Google Books online, find an electronic copy of it and, and get some information out of that. There were pages missing. Now, the way that... Fraser tells the story of the Border Reavers. He really, first of all, one, it looks like he's done his research. Now, keep in mind, I actually have not had this book in my hands. But from what little bit of it I touched on and read, looking for things on Kinmont Willie, I, I found that it looks like he's done some research, and it looks like he tells the story well. You know, there's a difference in the in the world of writing, you have books that are written by journalists and books that are written by scholars. Now, there's some overlap between the two. They're not mutually exclusive. But journalists, when they write a book, 
I, the one that comes to mind is Alistair Moffat. He's, I've got the, a, a pretty thick book called The Borderers, and I've got another one called Highlanders, written by him. And you know what? Frankly, I think journalists are a little bit easier to read. They're, they're trained and brought up in appealing to just regular people to read it. And sometimes I don't know if the scholarship is quite as wired tight as if a scholar was writing it. But like I said, it is easier to read. And then on the other hand, you have the scholar where he is writing usually not for the masses. And he's usually writing to other scholars who he knows are going to sharpshoot his scholarship if, if it's not put together pretty tightly. And so it's 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 more dry. If you're just used to if you're not used to reading scholarly stuff, it can be harder to move through, I'll admit. But usually what you're reading represents the latest and most professional opinion or viewpoint or perspective on the subject. So George MacDonald Fraser. I don't know where he falls in that spectrum, but here's the good news. Well, the bad news first. This episode's not, as you noticed by the title, is not going to be about Ken Mont- Willie Armstrong, even though I said that's what I wanted to do next. Good news is, I will be able to have my hands on this book tomorrow, so Wednesday the 12th. And so the next episode coming out should be able to have some good stuff for you, because I'm, I'm here to tell you, for those of you who tune into this podcast, because of the cool stories, which it's been a lot of academics, more academic stuff lately, and you're just like, okay, Clint, we need to hear a good story. It's not like we're short on them in Scotland. Well, you are correct. And I'm going to have a good one for you on the next episode. And hopefully we don't need to wait as long for the next episode as we have been since the last one. So there's there's the status of things as they sit with the Scottish Clans podcast right now. Today, I was thinking, okay, I, I got to po- postpone what I wanted to do next. What do I want? What, so, what am I going to do for this next episode? The there's a clan. See, I'm I'm not interested in all the clans equally, but I'm here to tell you, one of the clans that I think is really interesting is Clan Donaghy, or otherwise known as Clan Robertson. And we're going to dive into the difference between those two titles here in a second. Why don't we start off by discussing the origins. Origins of, of Clan Donaghy, or the Robertsons of Struan, are, they're, they're, they're debated. There's a couple different theories out there. And I'm not really sure where I stand with these. Well, I'll just present to you as I understand it so far, and I'll let you make a decision. And look, I don't... Uh, I don't claim to have studied and exhaustively studied through scholarly sources this topic here. I try to do some reading. I try to use a variety of sources coming into this. But what I'm sharing with you doesn't represent the end-all be-all. So I guess I'm not telling you that by way of excuse and making excuses, but I am telling you that by way of invitation. If this is a subject that you're passionate about and you're somehow connected to this clan and you have strong feelings about it, please feel free to dig into it more. Once again, as I've said in previous episodes, that's one of the things I wanted to do with this podcast is just get the conversation started. All right, so a couple of different theories on where the Clan Donaghy is coming from. By the way, I'm going to probably mostly use the term Clan Donaghy as that is the older term. All right, 
So one theory is that they are descended through from Crinon of Dunkeld. Now, if that name seems familiar, if you go back to episode 34 in our discussion of Gospatric and the clans of Hume and Dunbar, we mentioned Crinon of Dunkeld. He was the father of a line of Scottish monarchs. And he had a son named Duncan. And I think the implication here, although it's rarely, well, some of them come right out and say it, is that the clan Duncan takes their name, or clan Donaghy takes their name from this son of Crinon of Dunkeld, who later became king of Scotland. You know, and if your ancestor was the king of the whole country, why not take your name from him? The problem I see, and by the way, just so you know on sources, that that's, that theory on the origin of Clan Donaghy is embraced by the Clan Donaghy Society, which I got it off of their web their website says that, and also another source that favors that is the Collins Scottish the Collins Scottish Clan and Family Encyclopedia. So those are the two sources that favor that one. I find it hard to accept. I. Rarely, I I try, was trying to check sources wherever they recited in any of these works, and I just could not come up with anything that traced descent from Duncan, the son of Crinon, who Dun, which Duncan was the king of Scotland. I don't I don't see a strong or a convincing tie back to him. Yeah, he had a Crinon of Dunkeld had a younger son that wasn't the king. This is the way some of the sources go: younger son that wasn't the king, and. His name is Melmura, and he became, he was given the the earldom of Athol as kind of like a severance package. It's like, hey, look, you're not going to be king of Scotland. And so we don't start a big, huge, bloody fight about this and a war. Why don't you have the Mormerdom, you become the Mormare, or, or which title would later change to Earl. Why don't you become the Mormare of Athol, A-T-H-O-L-L, Athol, in case... The exact pronunciation of that does not come through very well in this microphone, and you think I'm saying something else. That's why I spelled it for you. So, so this Melmira says, hey, just so we don't start a big fight over the kingdom and who's going to be king, take this earldom or this Mormirdom. Okay, so he does, and that's who the this, this theory claims that really coming through him. So there's a hole here. So first of all, it was Melmura's brother that became the king of Scotland. So why would you take your surname from your granddad's uncle? That doesn't make any sense to me. So another inconsistency here I find with this whole, just because this, this I think where this comes from is that the these descendants of Crinon, this other branch of his family, become powerful in Athol. And the clan Dunahy, that's where their seat is. They're based out of, well, Dunalister was actually made kind of later, but their home territory where they would be known to inhabit is what I would, this isn't a technical term, but I would call it the the central highlands. So where I'm talking about, if you are going to get on a map and start looking at places, we're looking at Loch Rannach and the Rannach Moor, which is, it's kind of an, a conspicuously open area right in the middle of the very rugged highlands. Okay, so they were on the eastern end of Loch Rannoch and and the Rannoch Moor. I'm zooming in here. I'm on Google Maps where I've marked the the headquarters of the different clans during the clan period. And 
I've got a marker here set, and I was and often I was using grid coordinates for this, or I drop them in and, and make a marker here. So you're just a few miles east of the eastern end of Loch Rannoch. So this is what I would call the Central Highlands. And it, the the technical term for that area, though, is Athol, which was ruled by, especially at the time period that the Clan Donaghy is claiming their their origins. It's ruled by this this family that eventually the the male line would end and the heiress would marry ended up marrying a person whose surname was Strathbogie not to be confused with Strathbogie which was what the seat of the Gordons up in Huntley was once called different different group anyway they marry in they marry an heiress to the earldom of Athol and the Strathbogies become the new earls of Athol during the time period where the Clan Dunhe would have been in their infancy. Now, I, I really had a hard time looking through information on these earls and finding out where the line broke off with you know when back on episode 34 when we were talking about Ghost Patrick and his descendants and became the earls of Dunbar it was actually very straightforward to see that the Dunbars are taking their name from the earldom it's the same family and they have a branch of their family is they're even able to give you names if you're curious about all this you can go back and listen to episode 34 if you haven't already but they're giving names and dates for these people when they split off and start this new branch whereas in contrast, Clan Donaghy, it is really hard to tell or find any mention who it was, who, who was the actual Mormer or Earl of Athol, which son it was that begat this junior line of the family that did not inherit the earldom, yet became the powerful Clan Donaghy that was powerful in this area. But the, because of the geographical overlap with this, I think that that's why they sought to tie it in with this family that's descended from Crinana Dunkeld. That's just my theory though, okay? So another possible origin, which this one I don't see gaining so much traction. I didn't see it as broadly embraced as that first origin account was that they are descended from Angus MacDonald through a younger son. Now, he would have been the Lord of the Isles. That actually comes through Ian Moncrief's book, The Robertsons, Clan Donaghy of Athol. So... That's where that, that second theory comes from, and I'm sure he has great reasons, although I haven't dove into that. All right, so here's here's one of here's a theory I have about how Clan Donaghy comes to be in the territory that they are in, just from the things other things that I've studied. So the the origin of the the actual clan Donaghy, as far back as we can trace them, they are a kindred group that was mostly centered around Dunkeld. Now, if you're like a lot of Americans and you have no idea where Dunkeld is, it's on the, the very edge of the Southeast Highlands, right? It's right on the border. So it sits kind of right in this gap between elevated terrain. And if you're standing in Dunkeld looking southeast, you're looking out of the Highlands. If you do a, an about face and you look the other direction to the northwest, you're looking into the highlands. So that's where Dunkeld is. And if you want more detail than that, then you can look on a map. So that's where that's where it seems like this, this kindred gets their start. Now, a, a thing that the is passed down through the generations amongst Clan Donaghy was that they are very loyal to Robert the Bruce. Okay, 
Let's pretend that that's accurate. That's something that has passed down from generation to generation. We supported the Bruce. Okay, now let me use a little parallel here. The and a, a very I would say I would say accepted yes an accepted origin theory as it goes along with the clan McPherson and how they come into inhabit the upper and by upper I mean upstream realms of Strathspey. How did they get there and get so well established? Well, the understanding is that they used to be a West Coast clan and that Robert the Bruce, because the McPhersons had backed him so well, he told them this kindred, said, hey, if you can go into this area of the Highlands, this is where my enemies, the Comans, are, and you can have whatever land you, ta you can take from them. And so the McPhersons go into Strathspey and other areas as basically headhunters. And at the very least, given royal authority to go in, royal li license, to go in and start cleaning up the Cummins clan. Now, this didn't end up in the Cummins extermination. As a lot of you maybe know somebody, I personally know somebody in my Army Reserve unit that is has the last name of Cumming, which is Cumming and Cummins are just two, two different forms of the same name. Anyway, so obviously they didn't get wiped out. So they held down. The come the held on. The Cummins of Altire is how they are later styled. But they did significantly decrease in property because the Cummins, if you look back at the territory they used to hold, it was vast. But they they did suffer for opposing the Bruce in that conflict on the, on the Scottish War of Independence. And the, and the McPhersons gained at their expense. So uh, the theory I have getting back to the Clan Donaghy is, is it possible, and I'm just asking the question, just asking, I'm just throwing it out there for you guys, is it possible that maybe they were connected with the Earls of Athol and maybe they weren't, but that they established their, their territory and their foothold in the part of the highlands that I described to you earlier because they were loyal to Robert the Bruce and he wanted to put people in this area up there that were loyal to him. Just just throwing it out there, all right? You can do what you want with it. Another thing that I want to mention about the Clan Donaghy is that they were one of the earliest clans, that, and I'm thinking of two, Clan Donaghy and Clan McFarlane, to actually hold their territory through the authority of a written charter granted to them straight from the crown. They, the McFarlands and the Clan Donaghy can, can boast the, to be the earliest clans to do that. All right. So let's get into Robertson, or, or the, to add the actual title, Robertson Struan, and then why is that synonymous exactly with Clan Donaghy? Well... From what I can tell, and we're once again we're going back to Colin's Scottish clan and family encyclopedia, which I mean, in like I said, not every clan has somebody of the caliber of Ennis McKinnick or Alison Cathcart or Martin McGregor or 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 you know they they each kind of have their clans their their personal backgrounds. If you want to know about clans from the Eastern Highlands, like the Grants and the Clan Hatton, 
Allison Cathcart has done a lot on that, which is cool because the Western Highlands and Isles have received a lot of attention. And it's cool to have a, a scholar like her going in and writing about these Eastern Highland clans too. So that's, but but not every clan has somebody like that writing for them. And the, the Mackenzies have Ennis McKinnick writing for them. And he's done some work on the McLeods as well. Martin, Dr. Martin McGregor, by the way, all these are professors of, of one capacity or another. But Martin McGregor, he's writing about the McGregors and also the Campbells. And not every clan... So if you guys know of actually academic sources on Clan Donaghy, I'm all ears. I didn't find any in preparing for this this episode. All right, so what's the deal with Robertson and or Struan Robertson or Robertson of Struan or Clan Donaghy? Where's all that coming from? The, the account is a little bit muddied because it looks like on one hand some want to say that that the Robert that the Robert that they're named after where they get the name Robertson was a son of Duncan. Now Duncan the 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 name Clan Donaghy is older, the older of the two, Robertson versus Donaghy. Donaghy is older, and this the who that comes from. And by the way, where is this source coming from? Serian Moncrief's the Robertson Clan Donaghy of Athol is saying illustrating that the the the, the man who the Clan Donaghy recognized as the first of their chiefs was a gentleman by the name of Donaghy or Donaghy Rever 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 something like that which translates as stout stout duncan the the, the Gallic word I was trying to pronounce there was R E A M H A R Rever I think that's how you would pronounce that Anyway, this Stout Duncan, so I think that's interesting how we bring words into English. Dunaha or Dunahi, and then we get Duncan. I mean, it's kind of close. Anyway, so he would have been the one who was based out of Dunkeld, according to Ian Moncrief. And it would have been him, Now he and he lived at the time of Robert Robert the Bruce. And so it would have been him or his son, the next generation, that's getting so rewarded with lands up in the Central Highlands in the Rannochmore area. Okay, so he's up there, and then some of the sources are saying that Dunaha or Dunahi, his son is a Robert that they claim their name from, the where they get the Robertsons. But I think... I think more likely is in the late 1300s you have a, a gentleman well I think we're actually getting into yeah late 1300s early 1400s you have Robert Rivach so I love these nicknames I love the Gallic nicknames you have Stout Duncan and Grizzled Robert I'm picturing a man with a a, with some facial hair and kind of a salt and pepper hair color, grizzled, maybe from an earlier age than most people, and that's why, because you know a lot of guys get the salt and pepper hair, but maybe he had it from an earlier age. I don't know. It doesn't tell why he was nicknamed grizzled, but Robert Rivach, he was the one who uh, he apprehended the murderers of. James the first and 
so if you want to know more about that, you can look look that up. But because he apprehended them, these two, well, okay, I'll just tell you. One of them was Sir Robert Graham, and the other was a king's uncle, Robert or Walter Stewart, the, who was at the time the Earl of Athol. Okay, so you have you have these two gentlemen that Robert Revach, or gentlemen, they're murderers. I don't know, maybe I'm being a little nice here, but and he apprehends them and turns them back over to the the royal family to do with them as they please. Then the story continues on with that. Anyway, for his loyalty and his apprehension of these assassins, he is awarded extensive lands there in the in central the central highlands. Uh, so my question is that that's one thing about this as you research this that the questions start to emerge. So how long were they really? Is this? I don't think this is the first time they get established and have territory up there. So what's the nature of the change of the land ownership via this reward from the royal family in gratitude for the, him apprehending these murderers? And how how long before him? It, it, I don't know. Just the different accounts kind of make it interesting one way or another. So you have the donkey, which is the... This kind of sounds like donkey, and I'm not trying to make it sound like that because that has nothing to do with anything. Clan Donacha or Donachy, they... They had that name, and then you have several generations later, later Robert Rivach, who was a great chief, and now they're starting to call themselves maybe Robertsons. Now, Robertson is not Gallic, right? So this is a name that's. it seems like it's an exonym given to this kindred by people from the outside. And so it, it, I guess when you use the name Robertson to refer to this, by the time this Robert comes along, the clan's established, and so not every member of the clan would be descended from this Robert. So when you use the term Robertson to apply to this kindred, you would only literally be referring to a few people, and for the rest of the people that you're lumping up and calling them Robertsons, that would be a more figurative term of the, the sons of Robert. Anyway, there you go. There you have it. He's, he's later, late 13, early 1400s. And and is a big deal. The so that's that's kind of a little explanation of the why, why this clan has two names. You know, and actually, a lot of clans have two names. A lot of clans have a Gallic name and an English name that they're more commonly referred to by today. But you have, for instance, an example of this would be the McDonalds of Slate on the Isle of Skye. Well, in Gaelic, they're referred to often as Clan Ushton. Let me. What's an, what's another one that I can think of? I, this wasn't. Once again, I'm just just thinking through this topic here. Um, a time where the the clan has a much different name when you refer to them in their in the Gaelic. Well, I, there's several of them, and none of them are coming back to my head right now. So. Anyway, and I actually started a spreadsheet on this somewhere where I was actually taking note of what this clan is and what their name is in, in Gallic. But a lot of this is common. It just seems like it comes more to the surface to a casual inquirer, a casual, if you're, if you're looking into the history of this clan very casually, you see it a lot quicker than you see it with some of the other clans. Some of the other clans, you have to you learn these different Gallic names by digging into it a little bit deeper. And maybe one of these days I will maybe give you a rundown of 
different clans and tell you what their Gallic titles were and maybe how they got that. So anyway, you have this kindred, the older form of which is Clan Donaghy, and the later form of which is Robertson, after this great chief. The Don Clan Donaghy was, I'll just throw this in here as well, they were known, but first of all, they're very staunch Jacobites. You always knew what side they were going to be on. And the other thing about the Clan Donaghy um, aside from taking part in all, all, I think all of, in fact, their their chief, Alistair, uh, Alistair of, of Struan, I, he, I think he took part in every Jacobite uprising since 1689. Everyone, clear up until it was all squashed at Culloden. Isn't that interesting? So, and maybe that's why they were so consistent. It was the same guy in charge the whole time. Anyway, the another, another thing that they were known for, aside from being staunch Jacobites, was cattle wrestling. These guys were in the same league as the McFarlands, the McGregors. Who else were really good at this? Oh, there's a handful. I mean, cattle, cattle thieving, going on a cattle raid, just as it was in the borders, it was a very common thing. So it's not like only a few clans ever did it. But some clans were had quite the reputation for it the McFarlands, the McGregors, but also Clan Donaghy did. Now, I'm pronouncing it like this. There's a couple different ways to, to spell this that I've seen. I think the proper way is D-O-N-N-C-H-A-I-D-H. And there's no, there's no, where you, how you see this appear in other sources is D-O-N-N-A-C-H-A-I-D-H. So that you had that A in between the N and the CH. Now, my understanding is that in Gaelic, you don't need to have that A, a there. So you, you have vowels, and there's probably a technical linguistic term for this, but vowels that pop up without being spelled into the word. So you pronounce it a little bit different than it's spelt. So let's just use the, the Gaelic name for Scotland, which is Alaba. Well, there's, there's no, it's not spelled A-L-A-B-A, Alaba. It's A-L-B-A. So, but when you pronounce it, you just the way they pronounce the Gallic speakers do it, it'll sound more like Alaba. So with with Clan Duncan or Donaghy, you have this letter that pops up in the middle that doesn't necessarily need to be spelled into the, there the way Gallic does it, but it will be pronounced Donaghy. And a couple of different, this is kind of, I'll t tie this in a little bit with pop culture. Let's talk about how you how this name evolves. So, clan. I think this is interesting. I get into this stuff. So you have you have English people trying to or trying to pronounce this name. Either English people moving into the Highlands, but often these people are emigrating to more English speaking areas like the United States. And when you, if you're going to take the the name Dunahee and you're going to make it the son of Dunnachie. So MacDuncan, in, in a very angli anglicized form, then that's the way it sounds. But if you're going to try to listen to the way the Gaelic speaker says his name here, here's what happens. When you have Dunnachie, if you're going to say clan or Mac, clan is children of, Mac would be son of, right? For all you people who want, no, I'm not going to get into that. But I was tempted. I was tempted, but I held out. I'm not going to do it. So clan 
the children of or Mac the son of, you're showing possession. These are Danachi's posterity here. Okay, so genitive, possession. What you do when you do that in Gallic is you drop an H to the right of the D, which t makes it not sound like a D sound, and it makes it sound more like, in some cases, it'll make it sound like a Y, like, a, like almost like a Y, like in not yet, like that kind of sound. But in a lot, a lot of other cases, it'll sound like a guttural G. So a lot of you are familiar with how the Scots pronounce the word for their word for lake, which is loch, and it's a guttural ch. Now just take that and put some voice into it, g, and there, there you have something that's close to how they pronounce that dh sound. Okay, so if you're gonna put the mac in front of that and say it all together, rather than saying macdonaghy. When you truly make it a genitive form, it's going to sound more like Macgonaghy. So with that, with that going back to the back of the throat. So if you just say that fast, Macgonaghy. Now, what very famous celebrity does that sound like? You have Matthew McConaughey, right? Because in English, we don't pronounce that guttural CH. So what are we going to do with that? I don't know. Let's just tr change it to an H. So now you just change it into McConaughey. Okay, and then there's other people. You'll see the name in my faith. There's a prominent leader of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints who passed away in the mid-'80s, whose name was Bruce R. McConkie. Same name. You just took it a different direction when you brought it into English. So you still, just the same as McConaughey, you kept the Mac, and then you hit that K sound. You changed the G to a K, and what do you do with that guttural ch in the middle well in this case instead of aspirating it completely out like in mcconaughey you take it and you make it a hard instead of a guttural ch you make it a hard k sound and then you have mcconkey so that's kind of i just kind of find that a little bit interesting how you see this there's two modern forms of the name donaghy or from from the clan donaghy now i just might want to throw this out there too duncan was a pretty common name in scotland during certain time periods and I don't, I don't think it's, I, I would caution you if your last name or an ancestor's last name that you're trying to look up is Duncan or any other v version of this original Gallic name, don't run immediately to the assumption that you are for sure descended from Clan Donaghy. Because how easy would it be if you're a Duncanson or, or it sounds closer, maybe that'd be a very English way to say it, but maybe you're some other version that's closer to the Gallic, but just think about how many Duncans there were in the world, or in, at least in Scotland, and how many D Duncans could have have posterity who adopted the name. Okay, so just just throwing that out there. Maybe though, if you could trace some of that ancestry to places that we knew or we know that the clan Donaghy has has history there, now we might be getting closer to the mark. Anyway, just a little, just a little side note that I'd throw out there for some of you who are doing your family history, and I think it, I think it would be safe to say that you don't listen to this podcast unless you're interested. I don't know. Maybe that is a, an overgeneralization. You know, that'd be an interesting thing to know. Go on the Facebook page and tell me why you're listening to this. <laughs> tell me, is it a is it a family history connection or is it just a a history connection? Like, it's just you find this interesting history, not that you're descended from any of these people. I'd be interested to know that. 
But I think my my suspicion would be that most of the people who listen to this have some sort of family tie to the clans of Scotland. And anyway, there's that's probably, I went a little bit longer than I thought I would, like usual, I guess. Yeah, but we're just barely over the half hour mark. So I'm going to wrap it up at this time. Thanks for joining me today. Once again, um, I'm inviting you to continue the conversation with me. Go on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash clans of Scotland where you'll find the Scottish clans Facebook page. <coughs> Excuse me. And you can send me a message. You can message the Scottish Clans Facebook page. And a lot of you have successfully done that and have contributed not only to my own personal life by your comments, but I think you've actually done some great things with the... Um, you've made some great comments and some great points. And I've had other episodes where I got, got into those a little bit more. That's just one platform. If you have uh, the Podbean app, or you can go on podbean.com, forward slash Scottish clans, you can go, you can use a Podbean interface there to leave comments and, and continue this discussion. And the last one I might add, a way that you can continue the discussion here and some of the things we've talked about, either on this episode or previous episodes, is the Apple Podcast app, where you can go in there and leave me a rating, and then there's a place for comments in there. And I've mentioned this earlier, there's another podcast that I listen to all the time, and they run the whole podcast almost exclusively off of answering questions that people have given in during the, since the last podcast. And I've, I've tried that out with this episode, if you've heard any of those as well, where we take a few minutes and we use that as the, the springboard for the discussing of the f- future discussions of Scottish clans. So first of all, I want to thank you guys. If you've ever been one of those people who have contributed like that, I'm grateful for your for your involvement. I hope you guys will keep it up. I hope you'll also reach out and press that share button. Share this podcast with people that you think would be interested in it. So I'm glad to have the chance to sit down and do this with you. I hope you've enjoyed our discussion on Clan Donaghy or the Robertsons of Struan. And join me next time, which next time will be the episode on Kinmont Willie Armstrong. Goodbye for now, though. <laughs>